Welcome to Geared for Growth. I'm your host, Mike Mortlock, Managing Director of MCG Quantity Surveyors, your tax depreciation experts. I've got a hell of an expert for you today. I'm talking to Sam Dean. Now, she's the founder of Blueprint HQ and the host of the In Demand Accountant podcast. Now, Sam helps accountants to revolutionize their practice and provide awesome value to their clients and of course scaling up businesses so she's got a lot of street cred there and where I think she adds some awesome value for property investors is in that link between the property investor and their trusted advisors. So he, we talked to her about the role of accountants when it comes to helping their property investor clients. We talk about the importance of selecting the right advisor and how a lot of investors search for a property-focused accountant and whether that is a worthwhile thing to be searching and whether investors actually need a property specialist. We've got a lot of gold from Sam today and I'm sure that you'll get something out of it and perhaps have an even better conversation with your accountant at tax time. Here's Sam. Sam Dean, thank you for joining me on Geared for Growth. Mike, thank you so much. It's it's an honour to be here. We're going to have a fantastic chat today, I have a feeling. Well, I never like to set the bar too high. (laughs) I think I I know I'll have fun. But um, Sam, give us a bit of background into you. Who are you and what do you specialise in? Okay. Well, um, obviously, Sam Dean, I am an accountant, Um, have been for nearly 30-odd years now and a very proud FCA, but probably a little different from most. I've had a range of um, owned um, a couple of accounting firms myself, both small and big. In fact, Blueprint HQ, which is my business now, is actually a practicing accounting firm, but we completely specialize in helping accountants actually change and really give them give them change as an options, option for them by really focusing in what they do every day. So, while I am an accountant, um, you, you do know that the definition of an accountant is actually keeping people accountable. Um, yeah, that's what we do. And I have a very long history as, as a, a passionate accountant, which we'll get down to a little bit later on. But, yeah, we specialise in change in the accounting industry. Now, just for anyone that um, ha- was hovering their finger over the off button when they when you said <laughs> that you were an accountant, um I, I promise you that Sam is is a, is a mould breaking accountant. Um, there's there's a lot we're going to go into, and the reason why you're on will be very very clear very mm. very soon. Absolutely. A bit more a bit more dirt on you though. What were the posters on the bedroom wall growing up? I'm I'm a bit frightened of this one. Kiss. <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think, too, because of the time, you know, early teenage girl, um, I'm not sure. But um, and then we did a bit of a renovation and mum wouldn't really let us actually hang much on on the walls. But definitely kiss. I did have some horses as well, my avid horse rider, as well as um, being a passionate accountant. But, um, yeah, the only posters I ever had was kiss and and Gene Simmons, you know, with his big tongue and everything. Kiss and horses. Mm. Kiss and horses. I'm not really sure that what that says about me, but you know, I, I do. I have a couple of kiss songs still on my play. Um, some of their stuff I really don't understand why I even liked it, but there's still a few that I I do listen to. <laughs> awesome. What about um, property? How, how did you get involved or started in property, and what was your first investment? 
Um, my first investment in property, um, I'm not a big investor of property, but um, it certainly, I think, should very much always round out your portfolios. Um, rental property, actually, up in Longreach. Um, oh, yeah? I've in Longreach for five years, so I bought a house out there and we ended up um, keeping it because the rental returns was really good. So um, that was a, that was my first investment into property. Um, my main investment, though, at the moment is my house, um, a property of acreage. Um, we've also owned farming land and stuff, but that's a whole different story. <laughs> it's a whole other show now. That's Sam, you, show. <laughs> you're here today to talk to us about the importance of selecting the right accountant for property investors. Mm-hmm. Um, but before we dive straight into that, Tell us about what you wanted to do when you when you um, when you grew up when you were at school. I mean, we want to try and relate to you. We don't. We want to. We want to think that you were <laughs> aiming for something other than being a bean counter. This is where you've got it wrong. Accountants <laughs> are all about helping people. So I always wanted to be an accountant. I'm sorry, Mike, but I did. But I did listen to Kiss. You know, since I was 14, my grandfather was a very big influence on me. He was a chartered accountant. And I thought it was the bee's knees. But what he did, and I think what we did back then, you know, decades ago, um, was very much, I just loved how he just spent all his day talking to people. He was always talking to people. um, And I really enjoy talking to people. So I think remembering this is like the 70s at this stage, um, I spent a lot of time my summer holidays with him and he had his office at home, one of his offices at home, and I just love what he did. And he did talk, and I love numbers as well. I love what you can do with numbers. Um, I'm going to drill down on, on the misconception with accounting um, and particularly in Australia in a minute. But, yeah, that was highly influential. So I always wanted to be an accountant because I wanted to help people. I must admit that after, you know, university and stuff like that and... You know, I did actually end up leaving the industry for a little while um, because we got so involved, particularly I think the GST was a big influence um, of that in the 2000s um, where we had to really buckle down. And I think the internet and email have also also taken a bit of that. But up until then, you know, it was really about talking to people and really getting to know them um, and getting to know their numbers and and their stories. Um, So that's why I wanted to be an accountant and that's still why I'm an accountant today. Well, you know, that's actually a very heartwarming story and, mm-hmm. and quite inspirational and it's really thrown me off the path which you know, <laughs> was along the lines of when did you exactly give up on life, you know. You <laughs> I know, sorry. <laughs> Always and, you know, like, the biggest part is. <laughs> and, you know, I, I'm, I'm hanging a bit of shit on you because you're a very good sport. You're not your average accountant. And I think, you know, accounting still has the image of being a little bit elbow, paddy, tweed, jacket, boring, that sort of thing. That's that's not who you are. And the, the reason why I really wanted to chat to you because I actually think an accountant is a really critical person to be advocating for the property investor and helping mm-hmm. them to set everything up perfectly so let's let's talk about accountants can you can you run us through the various positions and roles that you get in an accounting firm yeah well I'm going to start off with that because there's a bit of a misconception in Australia I think and this is one thing and this is why I do what I'm doing because I I feel that accountants should be the central advisors for people whether they be property investors particularly for people like property investors where there's a lot of mechanics and and you need a holistic approach 
Um, and it works the same with business owners or any kind of portfolio that you have when you're, you're managing your wealth, you know, over a long period of time. So you need that central advisor. I truly believe that should be an accountant. And the main reason for that is that most accountants do see um, either SMEs, investors or whatever, at least once a year. So we're the only advisor that has um, most people on our databases, if you think about that. Yeah, yeah. Yep, so property investors in particular would have to use some kind of tax agent or accountant to lodge nine out of ten of them would. Um, so they can't, you know, yes, there's a lot of individuals who now go through MyGov and that sort of stuff, but as a whole. Now the problem is... Um, so when we look at accountants, we think that, I think that, and a lot of people, you know, when I interview them um, either on my podcast or I'm a bit of a talker, you might have realised, you know, I meet people in a coffee shop or used to meet them on planes, not so much moments. Um, you would ask, you know, what do you want from your accountant? And they say, well, I don't understand why they don't give me more investment advice. Or, um, and that's a whole different story. We are talking about property. I'm not going to go into the financial planning problem. Um, but... But then they also want business advice and, and all this sort of stuff. Most accountants in Australia that you're thinking about are tax accountants. They're yeah. fabulous at tax. Now, tax should be your biggest or second or third, if you've got a business, expense. So you should have the right advisor on that. But at the end of the day, it's an expense management thing. Now, accountants then can go the next step and be much more holistic because they're also not just seeing your investments. They're seeing... Um, you know, everything that goes on. But we do have a problem at the moment, particularly it's being absolutely highlighted in, you know, bold furrow. Um, the compliance legislation in Australia in the last 20 years has been completely and utterly out of control. So a lot of tax accountants have had to do the compliance areas. So making sure that you don't go to jail, basically, um, to make sure that your, your lodgements are done, um, that you're trying to optimise that tax. And so a lot of advice around that. That doesn't leave a lot of time. Um, I mean, I, I can get into that. I do believe they have the time that we, we, we work with getting them efficient at that if they then want to go the next stage. But if you can find someone who can do that holistically, you know, it's all about tax. And that's only one side of any business or any investment What's the stereotypical accountant like in Australia? Is it is it similar to to my to my sort of dim view? Um, the problem is, is we've lost a lot of people in our industry, um, and this is not just for accountants. This is for most professional services, um, particularly around the compliance stuff. So the people who do have that ability to be more holistic and a more um, approach, such as you know more my personalities, if you like, have left the industry. Or they're working as accountants in commercial or in um, bookkeeping. In uh, sorry, in um, businesses. Yeah. Um, we are. We have lost so many women. Like, more, there's more qualified women in Australia than um, men. So there's 54 percent in, in the in the um, in the membership bodies, CPAs, CAs. Um, I haven't really been yeah. able to get the stat off the IPAs. Um, and, you know, obviously we kind of lose them. Our, our, our business models are not designed for flexibility and that sort of stuff. So we have a lot. But then also the, some of the work that we do with the compliance isn't either. So um, we've kind of lost some of those people. So you do get a very much a stereotypical sit in the corner, um, not communicate, 
Um, and we haven't counted beans for a very long time, but I do know whether that, that, that definition is. And the numbers that we deal with are actually trying to get, um, we actually deal a lot of process and actual legislation and law. So your stereotypical accountant, um, if there is such a thing, and I think it's like any kind of profession, I think that the the ones that you can cartoon the best, the ones that most people know, and I do know yeah. a very broad range of accountants. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that's that's the image that we do and lack of communication and lack of conversation. So that's my, my that's what I, we do. We help accountants get better conversation and communication into their bill. We're going to change the industry through conversation and business development. But, yeah. I think so, you will. And if there are any accountants that are listening that haven't come across you, um, definitely it's worth the cost of taking you out for a coffee for sure or a, or a, a virtual Zoom coffee. Oh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm right up to having conversations. Um, <laughs> so, so, I mean, as I said, I'm an absolute passionate accountant and accountants should definitely sit in this space. Um, but like any industry, you know, it's the ones. But, you know, trying to find that space to actually change is super hard um, for us because, um we are the front line in um, legislation changes and stuff like that as well. But then again, you know, the most important people are the clients. Um, so we need to be actually turning around and saying what do you want and what we're categorically hearing and what I hope that your listeners will take on, you know, when we get into the next stage of this interview on what you should actually be looking for and asking for. Um, well, you've been a client uh, in in your own, having your own small business mm-hmm. and that kind of taught you a little bit about how effective accountants can be as advisors, didn't it? What what, mm. what did you learn there? Yeah, let me give. I'll just give a bit of a background story. So, um, as I said, I'm I'm not as you know I'm not a, a new accountant. I've been doing this this for thirty years. And back in um, just after GST, actually two thousand and two, I decided the accounting industry wasn't for me anymore. And I was one of those women who left. Um, I was just about to have kids and I then I started, I thought because I was an accountant, I knew everything about businesses and that, of course, being an accountant, I could really easily run one. Um, so my husband and I went into our tree services business, so chopping down trees at Arborist, and we were really fortunate. One one thing that's absolutely right about us is that we're good at systems and processes. So I found a good system and process to run a tree business um, that someone suggested to me. So it was a marketing um, funnel and we had a CRM project management. And we bought this off another successful tree business who was trying to replicate themselves. So this is early 2002 and this stuff was mind-blowing to me. And now yeah. you see it a lot in other industries, but we're still not seeing it in ours. It was a, system, a repeatable system that we could send out flyers. We would get 1,000 flyers. We would get about 15 calls. The salesman would go and do the calls, and we would know that we would get a conversion of about 5 to 10%. And that's where the more flyers we sent out, the more we got. We got the flyers and we had a, a CRM system that helped us you know, develop the workflow and everything. Now, I have yeah. no idea what any of that was. Um, now I absolutely know the magic. But what happened is I realised just how, I'm going to say arrogant, because I'm talking about myself here. <laughs> I was. I knew nothing. You know, what I learned about business in that time is just how lonely it is. Mm. And how it's so nice just to have a conversation with someone who doesn't judge it. And I looked around and went, oh, my God. When GST came out, you know, people weren't putting their money aside. Even I, you know, I was critical of that. 
And it's like, well, why can't it's not your money and all this sort of stuff? Well, it is a line of credit <laughs> that the agency yeah. back then. And I think some of that behaviour um, is still reflected today. Um, and it's really tough answering phones over and over again, and it's really tough. It's also really tough. Um, never, ever, ever. I only tell. I never tell anyone what to do, but I will tell everybody this: Do not have your child, your first child, and start a new business in the same month. It's not. A <laughs> but um, so that's what I learned. I learned that first of all, we didn't know anything really about businesses. We're very good at tax. I did have a very good understanding of budgets. I'm not even going to say cash flow. I'm going to say budgets. So I did all of these budgets, um, you know, projections and all of that sort of stuff and realised that really the only thing after a few years, the only thing you need to track and really understand deeply is your your expenses. You can't actually predict revenue. But all of that stuff that I learned as an accountant was nice, but um, it wasn't what makes a business tick. Businesses tick on people. Mm. Um, And sometimes you just need somebody to talk to. You don't need a result. You don't need anything. You just need someone to talk to and someone who's safe. Um, and, you know, I hope that accountants are learning off me that just being an ER and listening is super important. So that's what I learned about being a business and that's what I certainly learned. As advisors, um, we were great at tax, very good. And if that's where your accountants specialise, that's fantastic. But you, they, we don't necessarily know um, what it takes because our business models are different too. And um, our business model is different from most people's because the ATO is our business development arm. Yeah, yeah. Isn't that, isn't, wouldn't that be good to think that there's a, there's a huge organisation creating new hoops to jump through that you can charge people for and they have to do it on pain of death and imprisonment? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, come on, make some really good money out of that model. <laughs> I didn't realise someone else is grateful for it. I think that's breaking down. <laughs> I think that's breaking down now, um, but it's still there for sure. Um, but we've got to be very mindful as accountants um, and very understanding of that. So, yeah, that's um, that's my story. Now, accountants, I think, I guess, have always been good at tax, but they used to be the number one trusted resource around wealth and wealth creation. Yeah. Is that still the case? Was super interesting. Um, so when I so when I came out of the tree business and I decided I had an absolute passion to go back into accounting, but as it, this thing that's called business advisory, um, and I you know I, I really knew where I wanted to go then and really what I wanted to be as an advisor. So when I started that work, you know, back um, in the um, mid two thousands, oh, shit, um, <laughs> I say that. Just leave that one out. Um, back then, we had the stats were that SMEs um, had 67%, I think it was even back then, um, trusted advisor. So somebody who, what we mean by trusted advisor, someone who you go to for any kind of decision. And when I started in the early 90s to 96, when I was at, particularly in, in Longridge, when I was there for five years, people would ring us up about plumbers and stuff. So that's what I mean. People who you ring you about everything. And so that was 67% had somebody like that or that about, um, you know, majority, I think, in the high 50s was accountants. When I came out of the accounting industry, the traditional accounting firm, into my advisory that I do now, that stat had dropped to about 54 um, in 2008, so in the later time 
That stat in 2017, according to the Australian Financial Review, same thing, home side, which is the arm of NAB, does that step, is 16.1% of people have a trusted advisor, SMEs. Of that, counts are still top at 9%, so 9 out of 16. Yeah. That's super scary. First of all, from our overall SME point of view, it means that um, most businesses do not have somebody they go to to bring everything together from a wealth perspective um, or a business perspective. Now, there's what now people are going to say to that. Well, you can't you can't be everything to everybody. I absolutely agree, but you need somebody that you can go to who's kind of central, um, who can bring the financial planner in. I mean, so a lot of that change, obviously. The wealth thing is the perception of what that means with financial planning, the financial services coming in. And, I mean, you think accountants have compliance issues. Those, you know, financial planners, my heart really goes to them because of their compliance issues. Um, And, you know, there was a big change there um, and there's a lot of mud and, you know, people aren't clear. But we don't have the the central person that people go to, I believe. But nine out of ten people have tax agents and accountants. Mm. So that means that they're only going to them. Most people are only going to them for tax. So, the, yeah, the central, the one person to look at your overall financial fortress, if you like. I'd like that word better than wealth. Financial because, fortress. Yeah. I think that the like wealth that. thing has been kind of the word has been hijacked um, by legislation and the financial planning stuff. Um, but you, you know, businesses, uh, property, um, you know, you should look at this as a holistic thing that's your legacy, um, and you need to grow it, implement your changes into it, protect it, and make sure that you comply um, to it. And you need someone sitting over the top to make sure all that's happening together. Otherwise, the clients hell west and crooked, and all the advisors are only seeing parts. Now, that's not any of the advisors' fault, I don't think. I think that a lot of government legislation and stuff has brought that. I think technology has also brought us that problem. People want things faster, so you just can't get to as many clients. You can't get to know them like we used to in the 90s. But no excuse, we've got to find a solution to it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. The Give for Growth Property Investing Podcast is presented by our business, MCG Quantity Surveyors. If you're an investor or a property professional looking to get the best tax depreciation deductions for yourself or your clients, please get in touch with us at mcgqs.com.au. It's our mission to help as many property investors as we can to maximize their claims and maximize their property education as well. So when it comes to, I guess, accounting, we understand the bread and butter services. We've all seen the H&R block ads. We're like, oh, look, there's an elephant disguised in a city and their accountants will help you with that. But what what exactly constitutes accountants' advice compared to just those tick compliance tax return style things? Well, first of all, the biggest part is compliance advisory. So tax advisory or protection style of advisory. So how you can actually optimise your tax or your structures um, and then obviously get educated in that, how you can use that. So the bread and butter stuff, still 85% of a lot of accounting firms, not all, but a lot, and I'm thinking about, um, I know it's about 85%, 85% of 85% of what most accounting firms do is processing. 
So they're things you have to do. When I talk about advisory, that's things you don't have to do. So tax planning, um, you know, looking into the future around the protection of your legacy. So um, I don't use the word estate planning because that's, I'm not talking about wills. That's Wills are like compliance. You know, you have to have one to execute yep. how you get there. Um, succession planning. So how do I succeed if something happens to me in my businesses? Um, you know, that sort of stuff. So advisory work still around tax and, and legislation in a way, but a little bit more forward thinking um, and a little bit more agile. Now, we're going to have to go into the future right now. I think this is the biggest growth area and I think it's the most underdone. Because we go, oh, well, tax is just getting my tax return done. No, it's not. You need to plan that more than you need to probably plan a lot of other stuff because it is and should be your biggest expense because if it's not, you're not making enough money. Um, you know, you should have tax problems. If you don't, Tax problems are good. <laughs> for, for those of us that sort of think, well, accountants are people that I hire to make my tax problems go away rather than sort of planning to to minimise and, mm. and structure and protect. H- how important is it to select the right advisor? Let maybe take a property investor as an example and, and I guess I want to get an idea of, okay, well, if you just, if you just did your compliance stuff and you ignored the advisory, how could the results be different over the course of an investor's career and legacy? Well, I don't have the numbers on it, um, but <laughs> if you're just doing compliance, um, you, you know, because it's compliance is done after the fact. So if you're just doing that, um, well, first of all, you have no clarity of where you're going with any kind of investment. <laughs> So you haven't planned out into the future. You might plan for great growth, but if you haven't planned, well, what's the tax implications of it and how could I minimise it if I've got time to shift around and to do different things? What would be the impact of a legislation change? Mm-hmm. Like we need to think about this, particularly in property investment stuff. No one predicted, you know, I think the pandemic, if one thing it's um, shown us is that we don't, things that, we're taken for granted can change overnight. So, you know, we always need to think, is my investment agile enough? Can it deal with that? Um, so accountants can help with that. So it is crucial to um, be forward and focused thinking um, in any kind of investment um, and, you know, to concentrate on. But, the, you know, to have the right advisor, you need to be very clear in what you want. Um, and the, the right advisor is crucial. And I think that, you know, a lot of people say, well, the, the more wealth you get, the you should get your advisors on now. I, I always think succession itself should start from day one. So if you want to go into property investment, um, you need to be very clear on where you want to take that and you need to get those structures right early on. Um, and that does mean you might have to spend some money on it um, because one thing about tax advice or good structuring advice or legal advice is that um, you do get what you pay for. But you right. need to be very clear on what you want. Because if you're not clear on what you want, you would normally end up with something that you didn't want. Because to, get, it's, to, to help us out with that, what, what would be what would be an example of of what an investor wants? I mean, is it, is it as simple as I want to grow a big portfolio, or I actually want to transition into developments, or I want to be flipping, or I want to give all my money to a charity? Are these mm-hmm. examples of, yeah. of things that you'd need to take to your accountant? 
Absolutely. Um, I think, first of all, you need to find the right person. So I'm just going to circle back a little bit if I can. First of all, you have to like them. And I would, I, I've got a lot of advisors around me. Um, I only have people around me who do stuff themselves. So I'm never going to have a tax accountant that their tax isn't great. Um, I'm never going to have a financial planner who doesn't have a beautiful growth, for, you know, debt-free <laughs> portfolio themselves or have a great plan for it. And I would never have an account if I'm a property investor and that's what I do most, I would want an accountant who's a property investor themselves. Yep. Um, so they don't have to have a big portfolio necessarily because, you know, they do, accounts tend to be broader. But, you know, there's a lot of accountants who have some kind of property or understanding of that. So that's it. So they'll have empathy to start off with. You want somebody who has empathy and has the ability to listen and then explore. So that's, they're the things before you get to the technical. Now, if you, what you were saying before is any kind of investment or business growth or business, this is for business people as well as property investors, is why are you doing it? Why do you want to build a big portfolio? And you brought up, if you're building a one that where you flip, that's a lot of that's a very different structure and everything that you need that long term, long, um, you know, safe, secure is. So you need to even decide, you need to go back further. I'm sitting here in 10 or 20 years. I'm looking around at my investments. What do they look like and how do I feel about them? Mm-hmm. Do I have a lot of money in the bank or do I have a lot of property or, you know, whatever that is? Actually get clear on that. Then think, well, how can I actually do that? I think a lot of people go into property investment without looking at it as a holistic thing. Where do I want to end up? Like as an in, as a person, where do I want yeah. my life to be? If you, if you know, to use your life term early on, um, if you can get clear on that, decide then what kind of investments you want. Then you can go to your accountant and say, in ten years' time, I want to end up like this. Risk mitigation is my most important thing. I want to feel safe that my property is safe. That's a different play than a tax minimisation. I want to make, you know, there's people that I've worked with previously whose biggest drive was to make sure they paid as little as tax as possible. But then they they had riskier structures. But they were clear on that. Yeah. So you need to understand not technically what you need but from an emotive point of view where you want to end up because I think a lot of people go into business and investments and and I had done it myself um, without why am I going into this. Yeah, and I'm I'm interested in your thoughts on whose job you think this is. I mean, is it incumbent on the individual to absolutely have this plan or can an accountant sort of guide someone to say, okay, look, before before we begin working, I, I want a clear picture of, of where you're at? Absolutely, Mike. Exactly. Anyone who comes into an, into my office or to, um, you know, good advisors and obviously anyone we work with, that's the first question. Your accountants or your advisors, which whoever you're using, that's the, what they should lead with. Okay, tell me about this. Where do you want to go? And if you don't know, they need to get curious and they need to develop that first. Do you think they that need to have those the, skills? You think that's the the typical experience for for let's say a, a property investor wanting to change accountants that that's, that's no. sort of 
I'm 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 kind of thinking that I was about to be overruled for leading the witness, but because uh, that sort of seemed a bit more like rhetoric. But um, yeah, I, I don't think it is either, and I, I guess that's part of the good fight that you're fighting, right? Yeah, I think too. I don't think account. This is not just for accountants, by the way. This is professional service. If any of you out there are professional services people, and I'm going to guess 42% of you are. Remember, I'm counting. I do numbers. Um, 42% of people employed in Australia, some kind of professional service. So medical, financial, legal, whatever, HR. If you're not finding out what your client wants overall first, um, you can never deliver to it. So just get a little bit curious and and find that out. Um, Accountants there's definitely accountants who do do that. You just need to keep going until you find one, or you can ring us. We can we can obviously link you up with accountants who who do that. Um, and it doesn't have to be a big production. It can be, hey, you you know, you're thinking about buying this investment. Why are you buying it? Yeah. Tell me about that. That's it. That's the question. Why are you doing That's this? It. Oh, because my maid at my barbecue told me to. Or I listened to this podcast and Mike is a great guy about property investment on that. And so that's really cool. But have you thought about, you know, what is it you want to be doing in 10 years' time, you know, and and going like that? Again, none of this is advice. This is just getting somebody to explore and investigate what they want. That's it. To lead to the tailored advice, right? Yeah. And you can't do the tailored advice effectively and efficiently without it because most of the time, the great thing about tax um, account, uh, sorry, um, Income tax in particular is that, um, you know, if you've got to, most people are, you know, accountants are used to um, advising the same thing over and over again. Um, and most of it is reasonably predictable. But in this sort of stuff, if you're doing investments or you're putting your financial, you know, you're trying to build something, um, and that's what property investment's about, isn't it? I think it should be. I yes. mean, a lot of the time it's about. The hotspots, and and that's part of the problem. Where I was sort of saying, you know, who whose job is it to have that sort of vision? And I think property investors uh, lack a little bit of a of a goal as to what the end outcome is. Um, so that's definitely a, an issue. But yeah, if if you're wanting to invest in property, you want to fundamentally change your lifestyle at least at some point in the future, whether that be uh, a Bugatti whether it be freedom, you know, mm. a trip around the world, you're building something. Yeah. So you're either building your wealth by flipping and, you know, building cash and, and keep going and you're being better and bigger or you're building, if you're a, a true developer, you're building something asset rich or, or whatever that is. So, yeah, it, it's super important. And, and most accountants, you know, the good ones can do that even if they don't do property and stuff because, you know, building a business is the same principle. It's just so many of us, and I have learned this over time, this is not something I was born with, um, and I must say it's only probably the five, five, last five years I've learned this in my own life. If you're not very clear in where you want your destination to be, you're going to build the wrong thing. Um, and you wake up and you go, I think I see this a lot in the accounting industry and I know that it's there because I did it. You wake up one day and you're a partner in a massive firm and you go, what? I didn't want this. <laughs> um, because you go and be an accountant because that was the safe thing to do at university 
and off you go. Um, and you do it because you think you should do it, um, and you do it because it's like a promotional thing, and then suddenly you're a business owner in charge of 80-odd people and, you know, blah, 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 and you're not doing, you're not happy or whatever that is. So I think that that's, you know, I learned that the hard, you know, I've learned that a couple of times, and it takes me a while. Um, <laughs> but it's the same with property. You might end up with something going, oh, my God, I've got this massive portfolio of debt and I don't want, I don't feel safe being leveraged. Now, some people feel very safe being leveraged, mm. but some people don't. And they get there and they go, oh, my God, I've got to get out. And then they're choosing to get out at the wrong times and making decisions, very short-term decisions, and this will be happening at the moment because they don't know what their end goal is. Yeah. So they're making short-term decisions. So for me, the fundamental thing about the right advisor is somebody who now, you might have several right advisors, but you need somebody, one person, who sits there and goes, what do you want out of it all? Yep. And then they can put together the either put together the other people or they can feed that information down to the other people. I love it. One, th- one thing that I see a lot is investors, you know, coming onto, let's say, a property investing Facebook group and they say, I'm looking for, I'm, I want, really want a property-focused accountant. It seems like there's property-focused accountants and then there's other types of accountants. Is that a, is that a real thing? Are there specialists in yeah. property that, um, that people should seek out? And, and how, how might you spot one? What does their skill set look like? Okay, so for, for one thing, if, again, go back to what I said before, there are definitely, and when we work with um, firms, um, I'm a true believer now, I wasn't before, in niching down. Um, because it's, I mean, I'm niched down to the nth degree now. My only clients are accountants and, and um, people, financial planners and other ones, professional services people, but mostly accountants is the mainstay um, because it makes it easier. So there's definitely people who specialise in property. Now, you need to... Um, First of all, find out if they're any good at that. <laughs> um, yeah. Also, people will say they're property specialists, um, but you need to understand, you have to ask them what they mean by that. Yeah, does so it mean my, that they just want yeah. high net worth individuals or yep. they do actually have a special skill set, right? Because I'm amazed yeah. at the amount of accountants that say, oh, we're, we specialise in, in, in medical stuff. Yep. And I'm kind of thinking, well, yeah, nice work if you can get it, right? Because your clients normally own little private practices, they have money coming out their ears and you can sell them lots of widgets. Well, I, I do find the medical though. <laughs> I had a whole program around medicals. I had a lot of medicals. That's where a lot of my stuff started, actually, because it's a, another, particularly allied health. And um, yes, you've got, you're always dealing with the same style of personality, but extremely busy people as well. So yes, uh, to be a true specialist, it means that most of your clients need to be in that area, and that you're completely focused on that. Your marketing's around that. Um, now you can special. I mean, the the term specialized means that you should actually only do one or two things. If you've got people who specialise in medicals and property and um, tradies and this, that and the other, they're they're not specialising. Now, if they have people who have those arms, you need to go to those people. But remember too, you need to also say, what type of property do I have? Is it part of a portfolio or is that all I do? Now, if it's all you do, you want a, a person who can sit over the top of it and get a property specialist in. Yep. Does that make sense? Um, yeah, yeah. 
But if you are a property person and that's all you do or it's most of what you do, it is your business um, and you might bring other stuff in, then, you know, you can have them and they'll bring other people in. But, yeah, that you've got to watch the specialisations. But it's, again, it doesn't matter if they're specialists or not. Get in there, ask them if they do it themselves. Yeah, and, I mean, this is a, a question that's popped up every now and then is that uh, I think – the example I came up with recently was meeting with a, a physiotherapist and saying, um, asking them the question, you know, do people say, oh, before I work with you, you know, what experience do you have with people that play this type of sport or have this type of, uh, of injury, for yeah. example? I said, does anyone ask you a question like that? And he said, I wish they asked me questions like that because I'd Thank be you. able to explain all of the training and, and work that I've done to to be one of the best people in the world at this. Mm-hmm. Do, 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 do people ask the right questions of accountants and how should we as property investors interview the accountant and be able to tell whether they're the right person for us? Well, the first thing you should do is make sure you need to have some questions actually ready. Um, go back to Try to get some clarity on what you want. And if you don't know what you want, go in with that. So I'm not really clear on what I want. Can you help me with that? And then see what type of questions they ask. Mm-hmm. It is super important before you start interviewing an accountant that they interview you, that they are being curious about you first. If you get in there and that all they talk about is themselves, it doesn't matter how good they are or what they do, they're never going to listen properly. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, they're going to give you what they think you need as opposed to doing that exploration investigation that I was talking about before. Yeah. And that doesn't matter if it's a counsellor or a lawyer or a doctor or anybody. Um, you know, that's what you need to look for. People who are curious about you first, you're the client. Yeah. And once, that, once they have asked you a few questions, then you could say, well, tell me about yourself. Do you actually, I'm looking at property. Do you have property? Um, I'm... Um, can you have you got now that you know a little bit about me do you have any other clients I could talk to that are in a similar position I would love to get to know some of them because maybe that you know they could you could you know some some of the really forward-thinking guys that I'm working with are you know they're getting groups of people together they get their clients together um, and, and form community but you if if they balk at that it either means there's there's two things. It doesn't mean that they necessarily don't have those styles of clients. They just don't like, they're just not confident enough that, you know, that that would tell you the right things. I'm not sure why people don't do that. But, um, yeah, so ask to speak to other clients in your situation because that might get you a little clearer too. Yeah, do do you think that people just need to be a little bit more assertive when they're they're interviewing an accountant? Is that like a little bit of a... Of a, maybe it's an Australian cultural thing that we don't want to be too sort of brash and go, you know, I want a list of people that are like <laughs> me that you've you've been successful with. With um, it is a bit of a tall poppy thing, I guess, but no, you can do, but you can do it curiously. Oh, look, you know, I'm really feeling lonely in this property journey. Can you give me some names of clients that you're working with who are on the same journey? Yeah, yeah, very cool. non-confrontational. Um, so it'll answer you two questions. Do they have clients like that without thinking? And then you might make some great connections. So I, had a, I, had a f- 
had a phone call once um, from a gentleman who owned a winery who was looking at getting some tax depreciation uh, work done, mm-hmm. and I and I said, uh, okay, so do you operate the business or um, do you actually own everything that's there? Did you have your bottling line facilities? What sort of production do you outsource? Things, blah 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 blah, and he basically said, knock it off. I want to just go ahead because of the questions that you've asked me and no one else has asked me any of this stuff and it sort of tells me that you actually understand the industry and how it works. And I thought, well, that's really fantastic. The first thing I did was talk to our BD guy and say, look, if you guys don't understand how the industry works, then you can't sort of prove that we we have the back end, we can do the technical stuff. Should it be that obvious? Like if, if you're meeting with an accountant and they're curious, they ask you questions, light bulbs are going off in your head, it should be pretty obvious if they're the right accountant, would you say? Yeah, because you want to work with a professional, any professional, who takes an interest in you. So what you were doing with that guy was taking interest in him. Now, you do know the wine industry, but you can also ask those questions without even knowing the wine industry. You could have asked Mm -hmm. something like, tell me what your main assets are. What do you think depreciates at the fastest rate? You know, just curious questions. So you don't even need to be a specialist in that industry per se. You just need to take an interest so I think that if you're going to work, and remember, this is changing a little bit, but I think it still holds reasonably true. If you're going to get in, in a relationship with an accountant, it's going to be long-term. So mm. you really need someone who's curious about you and you're curious about them um, because you want a two-way relationship, clearly, and um, that you can talk to. And you can't talk to people who don't ask you questions. It's all about the questions you ask. It's not about the answers you give. I love that. Yeah, I think that's. I think that's really, really good advice. Is Is there anything else we should know? I mean, I, is, occasionally I get people on the show and I kind of think, "Oh, Mike, you are the weakest link on this podcast because you're not asking the right questions of these experts." Yeah. So I'm going to give you an opportunity to ask yourself a question that aligns with your expertise. Is there anything I haven't touched on that you think is really important? Um. No, I think the most important thing when you're working with anybody, any professional, is to say go in with the thing that you're the most important person in the room, right? You're earning, you're spending your hard-earned money and this person is going to help you. It's always about the who too. It's not about the what. You need to have people on your team who you trust. Now, even if they're not specialists but you trust them, they will become the specialist that you need to them to be. Um, and yeah, so to look at that and don't go into any meeting with any professional, you are the most important person. They're solving your problems, not the other way around. And, um, as I said, people who ask questions and are curious, um, it doesn't matter what the professional accountant, they will solve the problems ultimately. Yeah. Beautiful. How do people get in touch with you, Sam, if they want to have a chat to you? Um, Jump on the website, www. Do we still say that? Is that my age? <laughs> I think we. I think we still do, but it's it, it is redundant, isn't it? Yeah. Https colon forward yeah, slash blueprinthq.com.au. Um, 
love to for you to listen to my podcast, uh, which is the In Demand Accountants with Sam Dean. Um, and it, it does have a lot of relevance. I actually do have a lot of non-accountants listening to it. It's very much around the professional services and trying to mix those soft skills that we're talking about with our hard technical skills. And that's relevant for most. Um, otherwise, you know, drop me an email, Sam at blueprinthq.com.au. I just love having conversations with people. So um, no, nice and easy. And I, I've I've certainly loved having the conversation with you today. I hope we get another chance in the future. But um, for now, if there's one piece of advice that you could give to property investors, what would that be? Get the right team around you. The best things are always quite simple, aren't they? Yes, it's that simple. It's all about people normally. Beautiful. Sam, it's been a real pleasure. Thanks for, thanks for joining me today. Thank you. I'm so grateful to be on.